We're back on the Exit 52 podcast. It is Thursday night, Friday, as you are listening to this, October 13th, Friday the 13th, 2023. My name is Jake Luke, and I'm joined by Spencer Schultz. How's it going, sir? Going well. Just laid down a quick 40 cubic feet of mulch, getting some yard work in done, and ready to go to London. You sound like you're from London. Mm, Love it. Pip, pip, cheerio. Things of that nature. Yeah, exciting stuff. Ravens. Have been in London for the better part of this week now. It sounds like the Titans are uh, they are just hopping on that plane now. Sounds like they're uh, crossing the Atlantic, making the trip over. We'll see how that goes for them. I, uh, you know, I'm, I may be a fan of a football team that has handled this poorly in the past. So hopefully uh, things change and then maybe the Titans will learn uh, learn something. Uh, along that route. But man, we gotta we gotta get into this thing. We got a little bit of a speed recording to uh, get into here. I've got just so many media responsibilities tonight that I have to fulfill. And then uh, you have a dinner that you'll be attending. So let's just jump right into this thing. Ravens, Titans, uh, what is it going to be like? 9.30 a.m. on Sunday. Uh, first impressions of this game. Yeah, they're going to be in the Tottenham Hotspurs Stadium there. A lot of talk about grass versus turf, all that good stuff going on. Tons of fun press this week. As things stand... The Baltimore Ravens are a four-point favorite on FanDuel, minus 205 money line, and the over-under is, or the total, is 41 and a half there. So, supposed to be a, a relatively close game, somewhere in the low 20s with the Ravens pulling out, according to the good old chaps at Las Vegas. And it's a weird game. It's a familiar foe, and it's funny. You know, the whole talk of the Ravens going early and getting exposure, Lamar Jackson's buying his mom Chanel purses all meek and uh, meekishly i guess if that's a word trying to keep it low key and then it's like oh well the titans are idiots they're coming late and the bills went late last week and they didn't like it but i just get the funny feeling stupid fan take that mike vrabel and his team will just get on a plane fly across the pond and then just go punch people in the mouth like they don't care i don't know maybe it affects them maybe they watched zach efron's uh down to earth and saw the great strategy of taking off your shoes and going somewhere where there's grass and not concrete underneath so that you can center yourself with the magnetic field of the uh, time zone that you're in, which was hilarious. I actually do love that show down to earth. Highly recommend. But Mike Vrabel's team will just get on an airplane, fly, and beat your butt, I think. So uh, I think all that stuff is fun to read into, and it's just difficult to quantify or objectively say how it helps or doesn't. Seems like it will be right up your alley, though. Like the you, you're always looking for an edge. You're you're big into the injury analysis. Like I, I would have thought that you would have way more for me on this. I think it is really stupid to try and fly across more time zones than you ever travel. Right before the game, we heard we did hear Michael Pierce say that the last time when the Ravens traveled and got whooped, what was it, forty four to seven by the uh, the down the Downton Abbey Jaguars, that he was falling asleep on the bus. They didn't know what was going on, and then we hear Lamar Jackson. Saying, yeah, I'll be perfect tomorrow. I'm glad we did this. And yeah, I'm, I'm catching up and getting up to speed. So I think it was the appropriate course of action. I think it would be silly not to do that, especially because early in the week is a little less intense anyway. And that's when you can kind of rest and sit on a plane and sleep and you know watch tape, those kinds of things. Uh, makes it difficult to get your training and rehab and all that stuff in. But the Ravens are at full steam. Aside from Adafi Owe and players that are on injured reserve, the entire Ravens roster, as of now, was a full participant, aside from one Geno Stone who was limited with a hamstring injury. So full force, acclimated, and ready to rock and roll, do things differently than they did it last time, and hopefully learn from their mistakes, which is something that we talked about on the Jumbo set on Wednesday, that 
got to learn from your mistakes. And that's where you're looking ahead into this game of can the Ravens offense cool things off, play off of their defense. And it's a, a similar opponent. I mean, the Titans, what are the Titans? The Titans have DeAndre Hopkins, who this is a stupid generalization, but DeAndre Hopkins and George Pickens, not maybe the most dissimilar players in the world. The Steelers like to run the football, play conservatively. The Titans do too. I'd say the Titans are a little more creative offensively. Ryan Tannehill and Kenny Pickett, maybe not the most distant talent or uh, type of quarterback necessarily either. Really gritty guys, you know, have it between the ears, uh, you know, maximize their, but all that stuff. And then uh, defense that absolutely stinks in terms of blowing coverages. They don't threaten you with their secondary. They're missing a couple guys. And yeah, it's like the same game again. So it's what we talked about last episode. Can you calm it down abroad, overseas, on the road, doing this whole travel thing and go play a calm game and not embarrass yourselves on an international stage? Yeah, and that's kind of what I'm looking for. And it looks like it sets up pretty well. I mean, the Titans defense, if we want to jump into the Ravens offense versus them, pretty injured uh, by the looks of it. I don't know the particulars on these injuries, but their entire defensive line is questionable. Jeffrey Simmons, Tyre Tart, and Danico Autry. Then you've got Aziz Alshair at outside linebacker, questionable. And uh, Amani Hooker at safety is uh, questionable as well. So guys up and down uh, this, this defense uh, look to be nicked up. And yeah, I mean, talk about the offense, like, I just want to see him settle into a rhythm. Like it felt like they were so close to turning that game into a blowout. And just, we've talked about it ad nauseum to this point, but the drops are really what killed their momentum in that game. Just get off to a solid rhythm. You don't have to hit on a ton of big plays or anything like that. Just some chunk runs here and there and catch fucking passes and just make this thing. Uh, don't make this thing more complicated than it needs to be. Yeah, you're a more talented offense. The Titans' defense is the same Mike Vrabel iteration. They have a physical, stout front. They don't like to blitz a ton. Could they throw the kitchen sink at the Ravens? Teams like to. So I wouldn't anticipate uh, or live in a reality expecting to not face blitzes. I would go look at everything they've done over the last year or two in terms of how they present pressure fronts when they choose to. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons obviously leads the way. Autry, you do mention the guys that are banged up. Um, they're missing a linebacker. You mentioned their other inside linebacker has a neck injury is questionable. I think he was limited on Thursday. So uh, we'll see what happens with that. Elijah Molden, a player that I talked about on Baltimore beat down a lot that I really like. He's out player that gave the Bengals some thorns and they have a top five success rate in terms of defending the run and a bottom 10 success rate in terms of defending the pass. So they blow coverages. They don't have, preeminent back-end players or second-level third players, ultimately. And when you go look at the guys that are in coverage most, they do still have Kevin Byard, who is a nice player. Uh, hasn't really been... I don't want to say he lost a step. I feel like he's just not surrounded by guys that are allowing him to play the way he wants to, necessarily. They tackle well. A lot of guys tackle really well. They use Sean Murphy Bunting, who came from Tampa. He's a primary outside corner. Roger McCreary plays in the slot, a guy from Auburn. Hooker. Kind of like a Geno Stone. I think Hooker and Stone are very similar. I believe they're both from Iowa as well. So that doesn't surprise you the way that uh, France likes to have his little programs in place for tight ends and DBs and things like that. So this game is a factor of being able to hold up probably against four-man rushes when the Titans do blitz. Don't let them overwhelm you, calming things down. I uh, think that we might see Lamar Jackson use his legs a good bit in this one a little bit more so than maybe last week or some of the other games. I could see a little more option run stuff, trying to work the ball to the perimeter and present conflict for the Titans. And if they blow coverages, which they do, hit them. 
throw some deep balls, take some shots, protect Lamar Jackson. We talked about that. Let's see Pat Ricard and Mark Andrews and even the running backs. On passing downs, the running backs will be in a better position to help if you put them at a wing or a sniffer instead of in the backfield. Like just have them go show what they're doing. It's okay. You have Lamar Jackson. It's okay. You don't have to be the smartest. It's okay to present that we're going to do what we're going to do. You stop us element. You can get creative with that still in itself. That's a whole other conversation. But um, yeah, this Titans defense. I mean, Jeffrey Simmons is a force. Kevin Byard's a nice player. They just don't blow you away defensively, but they are physical and they do stop the run. So you're going to have to move the ball through the air and figure out a way to run the ball on a stout team and push them over. Yeah, it it feels like a Mark Andrews game to me. Looking at this lineup a little bit, I'm not really sure who their stopper would be in that regard. And just talking about it from that psychological perspective, like you're in a weird environment. You're coming off a really super deflating loss in which the receivers to our points we made on the jumbo set just could not do the thing that they need to do, which is catch the ball, which is a very simplified thing. It feels like just simplify this thing and let Lamar go to his guy and players not plays in this one and mark andrews to me is still your best receiver uh he's lamar's guy they have kind of that uh that mind meld thing going on i like getting him involved early and often and i was trying to find uh his sort of over under for receiving yards i would probably hit the over no matter what it is because i i I feel like they're going to be going to him big time in this one it's generally around 45 to 55 yards for him most of the time so i like that too um he's back Mark Andrews is back. He dropped the ball last week, but you can see in the movement skills, he's back. So I mean, the same people like making points of like just trying to totally excoriate Zay Flowers and Nelson Aguilar. Those guys made some good plays. Mark Andrews did as well. Yeah, they did. They certainly did make plays. Um, And and really, again, go check out. It looks like on the one in the end zone, Andrews drifted, which the Ravens allow him to do. They live with the bad that is created by the good of him freestyling with Lamar Jackson when you've got a special connection like an Andrews and people might scold me for a Jamar Chase and Burrow, or you look at Mahomes and Kelsey, guys that play together for a long time, have high, high production, which Andrews does. He's top 10 in the NFL in touchdowns since he entered the league as a receiver. Um, you, you, you're going to live with some of the times where he drifts a little too far, maybe into Zay Flowers' window. Maybe that ball was for Zay Flowers. So that's going to happen. It just really was a nice shit storm like we said, of all those things compiling and compounding at once. So move on from it. Uh, you're looking at Odell Beckham to you know round into health, Rashad Bateman to round back into form. I think Nelson Aguilar is probably your, I would say he's your most consistent outside of Andrew's kind of chain mover. You see Zay Flowers be the jitterbug and do some of the gadget stuff, some of the deep stuff. You know, that's not all he does. He runs digs and slants and stuff over the middle of the field and looks like a uh, that Santana Moss reference that uh, Jetpack Galileo made. Galileo, pardon me, made. Go follow him on Twitter. He's great. And then we saw our guy Chris just joking. Chris made that reference too during draft season. And that's kind of what I like that comp. He kind of is like a Santana Moss, a do-it-all mighty mouse that, you know, has a little Steve Smith to him. I'd say Santana Moss had a little bit of that, but just not as much as a Steve Smith did. So well, I think he needs to follow in the lineage of both of those guys and start to spin the ball when he catches it. I agree. Definitely spin the ball. Definitely, definitely spin the ball. That's a saucy move when you're smaller. Yeah, and that's Santana and Steve. They were they were two really the only two prominent guys I can think of that were big spin the ball guys. 
we'll we'll think of some others. We'll think of some others. We'll come back on that one. There's definitely a good. We don't have to. There's no way to look it up. And Theo, Theo was a ball spinner for sure. I feel like Ocho Cinco spun the ball. Maybe I'm just making stuff up though. Ocho Cinco did everything. He, you know, that guy was just he all did. over the map. I just got McDonald's by the way. Shout out to Ocho Cinco. There we go. Big Mac season. Athlete food. Um, McRib season actually approaching. That's what season it is. Is it back? I think it's about to be. It's about to be back. So speaking of McRibs, go break some McRibs on the other side of the football. You have Malik Harrison, I think, in this one. We watched him last week. He is... Look good. He did. He is like the power running back of the mid-2000s. The Sam linebacker, the big, strong Sam linebacker, the off-ball, 4-3 style linebacker. And I really liked him coming out of Ohio State. He's been a nice rotational player, just physical. I think he's just not the best in space and speed and sprinting overall, even though he did have a nice 40 and some really great combine metrics, all that stuff. Maybe they just haven't utilized him correctly. But we see him go play a lot of outside linebacker. I think that's what he is. I think he's like a Tyus Bowser. Like Bowser's a little more finesse than him, I'd say still, but I think he's in that realm of dropping off the line of scrimmage. He knows how to spot drop. He's going to have his eyes up. He's going to be able to understand route combos underneath a little bit quicker than an OA or an Ajabo. He has that inside linebacker IQ to recognize those things. And we saw him hit a really nice little hezzy and goes and gets a pressure. So I'm looking to him and Clowney to be the two guys on those rundowns, on those neutral downs, first and second down that are going to go displace tight ends. I want to see a lot of Malik Harrison and Genevieve and Clowney on first and second uh, and mid, we'll say. And then I think Kyle Van Noy can rotate in on third down. You mix it up with Clowney. You mix it up with you know Robinson, whoever, and dial up your pressures. But really looking for Harrison and Clowney in this one to set the tone and dent those edges in and crash down the line. And I think they have a major advantage in this game doing so. Yeah, Derrick Henry, he's gone over 80 yards one time this season. That was 122 versus the Bengals. Uh, second is the 80-yard game versus the Chargers on 25 attempts, so 3.2 yards per carry. It's not quite the same King Henry that we've come to know, really. And that was kind of what they would do with the Ravens back in the day is they would try to set the tone with that guy. It worked in 2019 in that playoff game. 2020, not so much because they had guys like Derek Wolf and Calais Campbell really keying on him. And I'm curious, I haven't watched much of this Titans offense, frankly, but I'm curious if that's kind of still the approach and how that's going to stack up to a Roquan Smith and a Patrick Queen duo uh, who were not really as much a part of those teams I know Queen was on the 2020 team, but um, it just feels like we're talking about a Ravens defense that is firing on all cylinders right now. So you should hypothetically be able to stop an offense that is starting Ryan Tannehill at quarterback in 2023. That is, you know, maybe leaning on a Derrick Henry that is has a DeAndre Hopkins, who's actually looking pretty good at wide receiver. Uh, and then Chigo Conquo at tight end and uh, not the most imposing offensive line I've ever seen. It feels like the the matchup skews the Ravens way in that in that regard. Yeah, it certainly does. Again, it just kind of reminds me of what the Steelers are. Like, Derrick Henry is a much more talented player than the backs. DeAndre Hopkins is a possession savant over the middle of the field on the outside, has, you know, he's open when he's not open, all of those things. But then it's like Ryan Tannehill's up and down. Their offensive line is young and discombobulated. Uh, of their primary guys, you know, nobody's grading super highly at all whatsoever. I, I don't feel like they overwhelm teams. They do some creative things. They started putting DeAndre Hopkins in the backfield. I'm sure everybody, if you listen to First Take or NFL Live, they're going to watch out for DeAndre Hopkins in the backfield. They started 
I figure you listen to the. I, I listen to first take on my Twitter feed at this point. Like I just can't get away from it. It's every other tweet. It's like, oh, this person said this, and then Dan Orlovsky responded this way, and it's like, I, I'm good, guys. Can we stop, please? I feel like, in, and it's like not an election year, so people aren't watching the news in that sense. So it's like they just. It's like I'm watching CNN or Fox, and it's just the same format. Like they just yell at each other, and somebody it's always deferring opinions. Always, you know. Black and white, red and blue, whatever. One so, more year, brother. Exactly. Then it'll switch back to that, and nobody will care about first take. Then it'll also be political commentary. So uh, ESPN and NFL Network and all of them are just soaking it in. It's main, I mean, it's really ESPN and like FS1. I'll leave NFL Network out of it. They're a little more agreeable. Whatever. But, yeah, they're going to put DeAndre Hopkins in the backfield. They're going to you know flip the ball out and utilize, you know, whatever guys they have. We would be remiss not to mention Tajay Spears, who's been explosive for them. He's really good in pass pro too. Really nice third down back. I think they're phasing Henry out of being a third down player and uh, keeping him for the more high leverage situations late, which we saw. Um, when they've played stout defense, so as I'm looking at the Titans, just general metrics, everybody loves success right now, so we might as well start utilizing that. The Titans' success rate offensively is 27th in the league at 39.8%. Success rate is always defined as uh, achieving first and 10 to getting, you know, second and five or better, or on third down achieving a first down or fourth down achieving a first down. So it's how often you're successful per down. 39.8% of the time, their dropback EPA, that's 27th, like I said, their dropback EPA, 15th. They do some nice things with play action and creative and motion and reverses and flipping the ball around. Uh, their drop back success rate is towards the bottom of the league, though. So it's like they will hit you with a couple explosive plays here and there on those same kinds of things. 40.4%, 29th in the league. And their rushing success rate is all the way at 19th, I believe. Yeah, 19th in the NFL, 30th. So they're just not really remarkable. Defensively, like I mentioned, they're top five in rushing success rate, run defense success rate, and bottom 10. So it's like they can hit you here and there. They're going to score somewhere around 15, 20 points unless you just have an, you know, an absolute day defensively and you're on them like flies on shut your mouth to quote LeBron James in a Nike commercial from like 2006. But it's just not an overwhelming team. They're physical. You know what this team is, and it's the same kind of game you just played last week. They're kind of banged up. It's a weird international game. Do the normal things offensively and defensively that you have been doing. Don't fumble the football. Force them into third and long. Maybe don't send all out blitzes with no help. You don't need to. Why do you need to? I, I it's like a little, just a little taste of wink. Just it's working it's called his way back brain, in. dude. Either they score a touchdown, or you know, and you're still in the game, or you know, you get the sack and game over. Uh, it, it is. It's burning the house down. We end up hearing Patrick Peterson, who loves to talk, saying that Mike Tomlin said in team meetings on, I believe, last Wednesday ahead of the Ravens game, like in moments of dire situation, they will burn the house down. They are going to do the 100% most aggressive thing possible. They're going to go for two. They're going to blitz all out. They're going to take shots. Slow it down a little bit. You're better than the Titans. You have more talent. You're healthier than the Titans. And I think you can control this game defensively, hold them to 10, 13, 17 points. And, you know, Nick Folk can go kick three, four field goals. Maybe they score a touchdown. And for the love of God, can you make it through a game without losing a fumble, let alone fumbling? 
for the love of God on the offensive side of the football. And I know a lot of people are pissed that, uh, you know, there's the, the first take stuff is like, well, is Lamar Jackson living up to his contract? And it's like, all right, that's hyper. That's a hyperbolic topic to get into. Does he have to be better? Sure. He has to stop fumbling. And, and Dan Orlovsky and everyone's like, well, he got strip sacked. And it's like, when it's getting a little consistent at the end of the game and you know you don't have help, you, you might need to speed the clock up and run and pr- protect the ball first and live to die on another down. So I think Lamar Jackson does need to be cognizant of that. I mean, does he not have the freedom either? And, and, and I think he's having a great season, thrilled with the way he's playing, throwing the football, decisions he's making. Bring somebody back in too. Yeah. Bring somebody. Hey, I'm, I feel like I'm not good. Bring somebody in. Uh, uh, actually, can you come in? I'm going to change the play. I'm going to sit you. You're going to come in, stay. We're going to defuse this bomb by bringing in an extra guy. That's the kind of stuff I want to start seeing at the end of games. That's the control I'm at the next level before the Yeah, snap. It's, it's playing the chess game. It's like, hey, I've got TJ Watt on too big to fail here. Like, maybe I should bring somebody in, right? Right. Or maybe I should just tell Justice Hill, hey, go actually on the line of scrimmage, like as a wing, well, off, but on the line of scrimmage as a wing, go get in his face. Like, let's slow this thing down. That is the pace. And I'm fine with going tempo. I'm not saying slow down the pace of play, but I'm saying slow down your opponent. Slow down your thoughts and panic and all of those things by doing things like adding an extra blocker, buying yourself time, punting the football, kicking some field goals. And then we can get back into, you know, if I'm them, I'm like, let's then let's stack a little bit, get confidence built back up. Then we can go back into our hyper aggressive mode that we do want to be in. They're going to want to be that no matter what. They're going, that's the John Harbaugh way. Right now, why don't we just tone it down two notches, do the little things that are a little more conservative just for a moment, and then maybe your guys will play more confidently on the offensive side of the football, finish some games out, and bail your defense out that has kept you in every single game for a long time. It's yeah. been a long time that that defense has been keeping them in games. And Patrick Queen's quote I thought was pretty telling. It just feels like the same shit every single time. Basically, I, he didn't swear, obviously, but it just feels like the same thing every time. And I, you know, he he said it in a context of like, hey, it's like it's a team thing, but you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if in the back of his mind and in the back of all those guys' minds, it's like, what are we doing here, offense? Like, you guys are talented enough too. That's the problem with it. They're more than talented enough. They have good enough coaching. Let's figure this shit out. And I honestly don't like this is this could maybe be an overblown statement. I don't think they're even that ta- like I don't think they're that talented, but I think Lamar Jackson is that talented. I, I think, think they are. I think the receiving core is very deep and uh, they're all professionals, which they're, has not been fine. the case. They're not they're not not deep and they're not not talented. They have enough. Yeah, they which is not, that, that hasn't been the case in the past. Like it, you're running James Correct. Prochet and Tylen Wallace out there as starters. That is not acceptable. It's more than acceptable Correct. this year. It's pretty good, I think. And that's why you don't need to try to give yourself an edge against the Tennessee Titans and the Pittsburgh Steelers right now. Maybe against the Chiefs. Maybe against. Well, that's the, what I'm saying. Like, when is the last time the burn the house down move has worked? Probably against the Chiefs on, with going for that fourth down with power. I'm, I feel like we're going to neglect some, but a lot of the time, you know, Lamar, they've been so injured, it's hard to like really. And I honestly, that's get, true. When There's a lot injured, with I kind of You're get right about doing that. that. Like the Steelers game where they tried to go for two and ended up losing 19 to 20 on the two point conversion. That kind of made sense because they were so injured. Yeah, they were and out of team, corners. They didn't John have any Harbaugh DBs famously left. said we, we were just out of cornerbacks. So, yeah. Yeah, that, that made sense. But that's not the situation. And maybe that's the bigger problem. Maybe they've been so injured and used to having to try to take that edge because they feel undermanned for so long 
that they're not just taking a step back and be like, wait, we've got all our guys. Why don't we just beat this team? Why don't we just play our game? So Skate I think better. that's the shift. Skate better. Skate better. Brink. Just skate better. Okay. Icky is Perdickies. Is that Brink? Is that yeah, what Skate brink. Better is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I nailed that. Team right, Pop yeah. and back. Yes. So the Ravens, hopefully they, again, Harbaugh said he had 45-minute team meeting after that loss. And hopefully that they just showed Brink over freaking nailing that Madonna over a giant barrel of hay. And it just said Skate Better on the Tottenham Hotspur big screen there. That's what so they need to do. They better. need to show them that movie. I, a lot of those guys are probably too young to remember Brink. Funny enough. That's true. That's true. Really uplift those guys. Okay. Icky Perdicky time. In the air. Perdicky Perdicky. I mean, it's like fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. I, uh, with the Steelers last week, it was like, I think they're going to get it together. And then they just drop footballs. And then they just panic. And this Titans team has had them in those same situations. So I'm going to go again. I'm going to go with my brain again and say they reached rock bottom and had a little meeting about it. And this is a realization and the Titans are getting there late in the week and your four point favorites again. Are you not going to cover two weeks in a row? I think the Ravens are going to win this one. And uh, again, I don't expect, I, I feel like this could be a very boring game. I feel like a lot of these London, these games London are games very stink, boring. by the way, they're, they're awful to your point. Like the the quality of game, and it's a go. It's not like a defensive battle. It's just like I don't know. Everybody's all out of sorts. It's weird. It's far. They're not used to it. They're just background. It like feels noise. like two like mid majors playing a lot that are like that have new head coaches and are like trying things out or so. I, I I don't even know. It's very foreign and literally and figuratively feels weird. The Jags and Bills just played a yuck fest, and taking the Jags and Bills. And them playing a yuck fest, and now you're putting the Baltimore Ravens and the Tennessee Titans in there. It's going to be a yuck fest. And last time you're there, you got blown out. So I, I just want to see this defense stand on ten fingers and toes. And I think the Ravens need to score two touchdowns, kick two or three field goals, score twenty points or more. So I'm going to go Ravens twenty-two, Tennessee Titans fifteen. Okay, I'm going to go Ravens twenty-one twenty. Close game, sloppy game. We're not going to be fully assuaged of our concerns, but they get this one done and they move forward back to the homestand here. Back to the homestand. So abroad, hopefully the boys are able to go get it done. Four and two sounds nice. Very well could be three and three. And boy, oh boy, the the pitchforks are going to come out if it's three and three. I just <laughs> know that's coming. I, I, that's, that's again, it's the gut feeling. Again, I can feel the pitchforks. And I can feel, I hope, the similarities, not that the Ravens are going to go win 10 straight after this, but I could very easily also see sloppy game. They fumbled the football again, again and again and again and again for the 15th straight game in a row. And they end up three and three. And then everybody's pitchforks come out and then they kind of smooth things out, come back home, get guys back. Guys are integrated. They chill out and couldn't, you know, win three out of four and then go two out of three and then one and one and end up at that 10, 11 win mark. But that's getting ahead of ourselves. I think they can win this one. I think they should win this one. I'm going to call this a, uh, in, in the in the spirit of RDT who could have come on for this, but eh, whatever. We're good. Screw you and your Titans takes Eric Titans tighten up. You tighten up uh, in the spirit of it. You know, I think the Ravens take this one. 
And it's another team that has given you issues and you're supposed to have Todd Munkin now and you're not supposed to have those issues offensively. So as guys are getting integrated back in, if you can get this win, it's a gotta have it. There's a gotta have it. Four and two's nice. Four and two's, to your points, Jake, being in position to get to the, the buys and the home playoff games, three and three isn't. And it's early still. Sure, anyone can go on a run. 2019, they're start two and two, go on a run. 2019 feels like an aberration. Don't let this one fall through your fingertips. The tight the Ravens just don't get their asses whooped. Like they don't. Even when Tyler Huntley's their freaking quarterback, they don't get blown out. They just like the worst. I feel like the worst game we've seen them play with Tyler Huntley was the Browns game last year on what was that? A Saturday game? Something like that. So there's our predickies. If you're listening, we'd love if you could subscribe, like on YouTube. We're we're building up the YouTube content. Really appreciate everybody who has. We crossed the thousand subscriber marks. We're fired up about that. Let us know in the comments what you think will be the score of this game. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple, please give us a five-star review as we build back up on this Exit 52 platform. Ready to get pip-pipped, Govna, this Sunday morning. Okay. Well, that about covers it. Follow us on social media at Exit 52 Podcast. On Twitter and Instagram, I am at Jake Luke. That is L-O-U-Q-E. Spencer's at Ravens 4 Dummies. That is the number four. And we will talk to you guys on Sunday.